Uh, this morning, uh, so awesome, man. I just want to speak to you about the faithfulness of God uh, this morning. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, uh, you can turn to the book of Lamentations, chapter 3. Uh, so awesome to hear that there are so many people that are going through so many challenges, but their faith is still steadfast. And this morning, I want to touch on the steadfast love of the Lord this morning. And uh, I'm not going to be too long this morning, uh, but I also want to share our story of faith uh, this morning of how God actually came through for us as a family. Uh, but before we go into the word, I just want to open with a small joke. Uh, there was a king. He was looking for somebody to marry his daughter. So what he did was he called thousands of the bravest men in the land and he called them all to his, to his castle and he said, come. Today, I'm looking for a man to marry my daughter. But there's one condition. There's a pool of water there. In this pool of water, there's all types of deadly things there. There's snakes there, there's crocodiles there in the water. Whoever jumps into the water and comes out on the other side, they're going to have my daughter's hand in marriage, and I'm going to give them gold or land they can choose. The king barely finished his sentence, and he heard water splashing. And there's a guy who stood on the other side. And the king was like, wow, such bravery in all the land. I've never experienced or seen such bravery. Tell me, young man, what is it that you want? Do you want the gold with my daughter or do you want the land? And the guy responded and he said, king, before I answer your question, I want to know who pushed me in the water. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it, isn't, you know, when we're serving God, you know, isn't it like that sometimes? Sometimes God has to push us, yeah? You know, sometimes when, when we look at the circumstances around us and we say, Lord, I'm not equipped. Lord, I don't have this, I don't have that. And sometimes God just has to push us to see what we have on the inside of us. So I just want to encourage us this morning just with these few words, man, about the faithfulness of God. Once again, all of you guys who have been baptized, uh, congratulations to you. I remember when I first got baptized, man, I came out like a new person. Uh, so, so well done on your journey, man. It only gets better uh, with the Lord. Eh? Times of refreshing comes uh, from the presence of the Lord. Yeah, so we're looking at Jeremiah this morning. Jeremiah was often called a weeping prophet because of his sorrow over the persistent message of God's judgments. His task as a prophet was to declare the coming judgments of God. Uh, he wrote the book of Lamentations, which contains his laments over the states of the people of Israel, over the pain, the rejection, even the difficulty that he himself suffered. He was faithful to God, but his ministry was difficult because of the hardness of the people's hearts. He took a lot of flack, and he was severely persecuted. In one instance, he was even thrown into a pit of mud because of the message that he preached. But having stated all his distress in the book of Lamentations, chapter 1, chapter 2, and chapter 3, he shows us how he rised above the condition that he was in. And he says this in Lamentations, chapter 3, verses 21. And we know the song. And he says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. In other words, Jeremiah was saying the unconditional, unwavering love of God never ceases. God's love for us is unconditional. 
And you know, when I grew up, I grew up with a very religious mindset. I thought every time that I do wrong, that God doesn't love me anymore. And Jeremiah shows us here that God's love for us is unconditional. Man's love is conditional. People love us conditionally. Sometimes when there's no money, people don't love you. When there's money, you get a lot of friends. But God's love for us is unconditional. God's love for us is constant this morning. There's no end to God's mercy. Bad as things might seem this morning, it's owing to the mercy of God that they are not worse. As bad as things might seem, it's by God's mercy and grace that they are not worse. God's compassions never fail. Of this, we have fresh instances every morning. Portions on earth are perishing things, but God is a portion forever. Mm. It is our duty, and it will be our comfort and satisfaction this morning, church, to hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. It's, interest, it's interesting to see how the prophets of God had similar responses to challenges that they faced. And I want us to draw from that. If you're here this morning and you're facing any type uh, of similar challenge, I want us to draw from what transpired in the life of Jeremiah, even in the life of Jonah. Remember when Jonah was swallowed by the whale, while he was in the belly of the whale, he prayed. And he says, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered the Lord. Jeremiah says, but this I call to mind, therefore I have hope. I want to encourage you this morning to remember God when you're facing trials. It is not the time to question whether God exists. God does exist. God is just putting you through a season to test you. Charles Spurgeon says, they who dive in the sea of affliction bring up rare pearls. There are many of us seated here this morning. If I asked you, when was it when you experienced God the most and most closest to you? Many of you will say, in times of darkness. Many of you will say, hey, when I was going through that situation, I was close to God. The book of James tells us in chapter 1, verses 2, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. The word steadfastness there is the quality of being firm and unwavering. God has a purpose for your trial. Just look at your neighbor and say, God has a purpose for your trial. God has got a purpose for your trial and your challenge. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 4, it says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. But rejoice in so far as you share Christ's suffering, that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed, because the spirits of glory and of God rest upon you. But let no one suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or even a meddler. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glory in that name. And this morning, I just want to give you three reasons why we should rejoice, taken from this passage of Scripture in First Peter. Number one, 
We keep on rejoicing because our trials and our suffering is not a surprise, but it's a plan. Verses 12 says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, as though some strange things were happening to you. It's not strange. It's not meaningless. It's purposeful. It's for your testing. Point number two, we keep on rejoicing in our trials and suffering because then the spirit of glory and of God rests upon us. Verses 14 says, if you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. You know what that means, church? This means that in the hour of our greatest trial, there is great consolation. In great suffering on earth, there is great support from heaven. Amen. You may think now that you will not be able to bear whatever you're going through, but if you belong to Jesus, you will be able to bear it because he will come to you and he will rest on you. 1 Corinthians tells us in chapter 10, verses 13, that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Point number three, we keep on rejoicing in trials because this glorifies God. Verse 16 says, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed, but in that name, let him glorify God. Glorifying God means showing by your actions and your attitudes that God is glorious to you, that God is valuable, that God is precious, that God is desirable, and that God is satisfying. And the greatest way to show that someone satisfies your heart is to keep on rejoicing in them when all other supports for your satisfaction are falling away. Mm. When you keep rejoicing in God in the midst of your trials, it shows that God and no other things is the great source of your joy. Very, very, very important for us to rejoice in our trials. And it's easier said than done, yeah? And I want to stand here this morning and I, and I said in my heart, you know what, I want to share my story because we all have a story here this morning. You know, I'm serving the Lord now, I think for about 20 years or so, and it wasn't easy. I grew up in an abusive home. My father was an alcoholic. He used to work at the ships. He sailed around the world three times. And when the ship used to dock in Cape Town, we didn't know that he had another family there, you know. <laughs> and one day, I was going to America, I think it was in 2014, and two months before I could leave for the States, I was going via Cape Town. We got a letter at home. And this guy writes a letter and he's like, hi, dad. Uh, I'm just writing to let you know that you are now a grandfather and you have three kids. And he put some photos in there. And he said, your grandchildren would love to meet you. And I had the unfortunate uh, job of letting him know that his father died many, many years ago. And that was tough. That is a tough thing. And then in my own life, we got married to my wife. Here's my wife coming in. Let's clap hands for her. <laughs> Amen. Amen. We're married now for five years. We're going to be married for six years in September. But hey, I'm telling you, we've been through some stuff, man. I remember in 2016, my mother called me from home and she's like, son, come, I'm very sick. And I rushed to my mom's home from work. And when I got into the door, I just saw a trail of blood in the house. Went right to the bedroom. And when I get on the bed, I just see my mother laying on the bed. I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, something happening in my stomach. And there's just blood all over the show. And I 
jumped into the car. It was like an action movie, man. The way I was speeding, I was speeding through robots. I'm telling you, I was like, wow, Batman or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> speeding to the hospital, got into the hospital, wheelchair my mother into the, into the theater ward. There's just blood all over the show, and at that day, I thought my mother's going to die. And I went into the car, and my wife came, and I was crying in the car. But you know what? God is faithful. My mother survived that. You know, and she came home, she, well, came home and just God brought us through that. <laughs> the next year, she got diagnosed with breast cancer. I'm like, really now? Really, Lord? She got diagnosed with breast cancer. And I'll never forget it. It was 2018. She had one of her breasts amputated. And I'm like, Ma, are you okay with this? She's like, boy, I'd rather have one eye and be healthy. She calls her breast the eye. <laughs> Like, I'd rather have one eye and be healthy. And that same week that my mother went for that operation, my wife also went for surgery. So in one week, here I am, nursing two people. My house was like the living dead. There were like two zombies in the house. <laughs> Both of them are crawling around the house, can hardly walk. <laughs> and here I am, nursing them. <laughs> Not one funny then, but you know, when I look back, I say, you know what, Lord, thank you. You gave me the peace of God which surpasses all human understanding. In the midst of whatever we were going through, God was there. The peace of God was there in the midst of our challenges. And while my wife went, she's been for multiple uh, surgeries and we were trusting God for a child throughout our marriage. And this morning, Matthew is here. Our son Matthew is here. Amen. Yeah. He's, he's, he's four months old. Uh, he's going to be five. He acts like he's two years old already. <laughs> and, yeah, but we want to bless God for what he's done. And it wasn't easy. My wife had two miscarriages. She had an ectopic pregnancy. I share this because we don't take for granted that people might be going through similar challenges. And sometimes people think, hey, you guys that are preaching in the front, you don't go through anything. No. We all go through similar trials. We all go through similar challenges. But God makes the difference. Jesus makes the difference. Amen. We can survive if we've got God on our side. And we've been through all this and God has been with us. And if you're here this morning and you just came and you visited this church, or if you might be here and you've been discouraged, you're like, God, why is all these things happening to me? I want to let you know that God has a plan for your life. There is a purpose for the testing that you're experiencing. I want to let you know that God loves you. I want to remind you this morning that it doesn't take God pleasure to see you going through your trials. But God allows us to go through these things for a reason. And sometimes we don't have the answer. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, why did you allow my mother to get cancer? Why did you allow, uh, cause my wife to go through so many surgeries and this stuff like that? And we don't have the answers. But you know what? I've come to the realization that the sufferings of Christ trumps all sufferings of human beings. When I look to the cross, I begin to understand and I say, Lord, you know what? Thank you for the cross. I might not understand what I'm going through now, but I want to thank you. This has made me a better person. It's given me compassion for people. We don't take for granted for when people are going through stuff. It puts compassion in our hearts. And this is what happens. You know, as James says, count it all joy, brothers and sisters. God is working steadfastness on the inside of you. That when the next trial comes, you can stand firm and say, you know what? If God brought me through that, he can bring me through this. This is nothing for the Lord. 
This is nothing for the Lord. Amen. If God can heal my mother of cancer, if God can give us a beautiful baby, what is this child that faces me? It's nothing. It's like David when he was in the wilderness, man. I'll treat Goliath, same like how it defeats the lion and the bear. So the trials you are going through, the lions and the bears that you might be facing now, God is doing something on the inside of you. And when you are out there and you're going through the same trials like your neighbors, how you respond is what matters. When everybody is crying, oh, things are bad. You as a child of God, you say, yes, things are bad, but we trust in God. We serve a living God. We serve a God that is alive. You've heard the testimonies this morning. I love the brother's testimony. His sister could be here to witness him being testified, to testify about what he's been through. And she was laying in a hospital, but today she's in the house of the Lord. And she got to witness a fellow uh, family member being baptized. What is your story today? We all have a story. We've all been through challenges in life. We're all going through challenges in life. But God is with us. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. As my brother shared this morning, encourages us that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the life. He's come to give us eternal life this morning. Amen.